Hi, and welcome to the Digital Health Roundtable. I'm your host, Matt Sabolsky. This is a regular panel discussion held with the brightest minds in healthcare. We hold collaborative conversations devoted to those making care as accessible and as innovative as possible. Stay tuned for a special episode of the Digital Health Roundtable. Hi, and welcome to the Digital Health Roundtable. I'm your host, Matt Sabolsky. I am joined today by a special guest from Oracle, Paul Maskant from the Netherlands, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? That's Paul? right. And I am happy to have him join me uh, and to talk about a, a topic that I'm really into right now, which is value-based care. Paul, tell us what you do with Oracle and how you got here. Yeah, so I've been with Oracle for a while, um, uh, actually 17 years already. Uh, uh, currently, I'm, uh, I'm the director of product management for Oracle Health Insurance. So we built solutions for healthcare payers and then for their core back office uh, processes, such as claims adjudication, pricing, member enrollment, premium calc, and value-based payments as well. Um, my background is in uh, computer science, so uh, I'm really an engineer, and um, yeah, I've been uh, been on this mission to improve healthcare uh, for a while now. Yes, uh, I joined you in that mission, and I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, let's get into it here. Uh, value-based care. Uh, yeah. Why are we focused on that right now? It's a rapidly growing movement. Uh, everyone's talking about it. Give us... Give us your take, Paul, on this imperative for healthcare delivery and for, you know, the growing need of value. It's no secret that the costs are, they keep rising and um, the current fee-for-service model, it doesn't effectively address that always. And um, I think it's because what it, it puts at the center, you know, you, you reward providers for doing as much care as possible but it doesn't really reward for um, um, providing the best possible healthcare. So that's why I think this is the time to really start thinking about how do we change the way that payers reimburse providers? So Paul, um, value-based care has obvious sort of impact advantages and concept. Um, yeah. How does something like value-based care in the current market bring better personalization and individualization to patients when they're receiving care? Yeah, good question. So the idea is that uh, right now, um, there's this agreement between payers and providers on which services are reimbursed, which are not. If you, if you flip that around and you say, you know, this is like a prospective payment, this is you know, money that you're, you're getting to take care of these people, um, you're giving the provider back a sense of freedom. They could say, well, I'm, I think the best thing for this patient is not actually what's on the you know on the contract with the payer. I'm going to do this uh, usually the service that's usually not reimbursed, like the special consult or the special medical procedure, uh, because as a provider I know that this is going to help my patients. So you're giving that freedom back, and that is something like a freedom that you can't really get to if if you stay full fee for service. Yeah, keep going on that. So you know this is a significant departure from traditional fee-for-service. Um, what elements make it different this time? What's the shift about? How this is different is because it puts the patient at the center, right? Rather than um, the paying the provider at the center. And 
that shift in thinking, um, you know, conceptually makes sense, right? Because you could say, well, obviously, isn't that what the provider's always been doing? Um, but when you put the financial, when you put the economics behind it as well, um, you're giving that provider more freedom to do it. And then, you know, you need that um, that feedback loop. And I think that is one of the biggest challenges in, in this shift to say, okay, how can I measure? How can I really know that what I'm doing is making a difference? And that's, you know, for the, the payer, obviously, to know whether they're, they're value-based model is working, but also for the providers, like, am I really making a difference? And is this helping me provide better care, right? Measuring those things is, uh, is challenging. You know, I asked this question, and I don't know if there's a good answer, which is, why is it different this time? You know, are we, are we labeling it as a different goal or is it truly unique when it comes to the market? Meaning, you know, one of the things you discussed with me were challenges, uh, with yeah, payers, yeah. with providers, and with patients. Tell us more. Right. So <clears throat> in that triangle of the payer, the provider, and the, and the patient, there, there, there are going to be challenges for all of them. Um, to implement a solution like this, it will require a lot of you know, um, technology changes on the payer side as well as on the provider side. Right. You're going to need new systems to actually calculate those prospective payments or those you know incentive payments those capitated payments um, and you're going to have to embrace new technologies as well you know if you look at the insurance business as a whole there's always been a lot of resistance against change right um, many of these systems that payers work with and i guess providers as well they're decades old and you know some of them nearing half a century so they don't want to touch these systems because they work and they don't want to break it but if you don't touch those systems um, changing these um, for the better is going to be really hard same thing's true for the provider side right they work on legacy systems uh, but they're also already um, you know over overburdened there's so much demand for good health care um, changing the system is inevitably always going to come at the cost of uh, at least initially an initial burden of in administration you know, trying to keep track not only of the claims you're sending out as a provider but now also having to keep track of all of these additional payments that follow different models um, so naturally there will be some resistance to that change some providers still don't have an automated solution right uh, they still uh, you know, outside of the city, um, it, it would be very low tech. So, you know, incorporating these providers into this new model is going to be a challenge. And for patients, um, you know, one of the main challenges is to, you know, what's going on. Uh, how much do I have to pay to my provider, to my payer? And um, do they really trust them, right? Because uh, it's all real sensitive information that goes over the line. Um, all of these challenges need to be addressed before we can you know, really leverage all of this technology that we have. Yeah. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to providers, I think about like with AI and machine learning inside of value-based care, are we really understanding the patient better? Um, what's, what's been your take on sort of a better sense of like forecasting what's headed for a patient or how to understand the patients that you're taking care of? especially from like an insurance side, for example? Yeah. Well, personally, what I think is, so, so I've always been on the payer side of the house, right? Building systems for, for healthcare payers. I think 
when on the payer side you talk about what can we do with AI, it's usually around here like fraud detection and just making sure that uh, you know everything's as it should be. Whereas the really interesting things that you could do here is I think on the provider side, when you are able to help the provider unburden themselves with all of that administration. Um, and I think um, there's some really interesting ways to do that, right? You could help the, the, the provider um, taking down their notes, uh, structuring them in such a way that they can actually be processed automatically. And um, that gives you sort of the, um, uh, the, the part that you need to automate the process. Uh, and of course, then the assumption is if you can automate it in such a real-time way, you're going to be able to make things better for both the patient and the provider. I, I agree with that. Now, what about, what about patient obstacles, you know, like uh, health literacy? Um, how do we parameterize or fragment patients that have unique challenges? What are you seeing there from the payer side? I think, um, yeah, from the payer side, this all, um, they're incredibly reliant on what happens on the provider side. So I think that's where it starts, right? I think the, the payer does have a loop back to the to the uh, to the member and the patient, um, but that's after it has happened. So you could say, you know, these are the the care that has been administered um, based on what we see. Uh, we think we might suggest that you um, uh, do the following: uh, preventative, take the following preventative measures or follow this particular procedure. So I think there's a lot there that could help, um, you know, guide the member or the patient. I used to the thinking as the, as the member, you know, working for payers towards better healthcare. Cause I think um, in the market in general, there's always this lack of transparency. And I know there's a lot of measure measures and legislation, in, uh, you know, uh, happening right now, but also in the near future to make, everything more transparent. Um, but that still usually means that you as a member or a patient have to go to some website and sort of browse and find what works best for you. And that's not easy in healthcare, right? Because you're not just buying a television. Um, healthcare is incredibly specific to you as a person and what you need. So trying to figure that out for yourself is really, really hard. And I think AI could also help there. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, one thing that comes to mind, to be honest with you, is something you said in our pre-call, which honestly, one of my favorite things I've heard about value-based care so far, which was that value-based care isn't so much a technical problem. It's a trust right. problem. Yeah. And you've kind of said a few elements here as I've been asking you questions, but maybe let's turn towards trust between payers, providers, maybe even the public. President Biden yep. came out and hit the White House about AI regulation today. Um, there is a ton of talk about trust. Sam Altman himself, Elon Musk, NVIDIA, uh, Cohere, they're all talking about this. Um, yeah. Let's have Paul talk about it. Why does this matter, <laughs> sure. trust? This whole problem, yeah, like, like we said before, I don't really think it's a technology problem because everything you need, all the ingredients to make this work, I think already exists today. Right. So this is not about some innovation that now enables us to be more efficient with healthcare. Um, and I think 
the, the challenge with trust is, well, obviously there's a lack of trust today, not even in technology, but also between the different stakeholders. Uh, you know, like I said, I've been on the payer side for a long time. And when they talk about providers sometimes, it's, uh, and I'm generalizing a little bit, but they say, you know, providers, they might uh, provide too much care just so that they get paid more dollars as they send their claims in, or they might upcode claims. So there's this, this sort of idea that um, because of the economic incentive to just claim as much as you can, they're doing that. And I've always felt, okay, there must be some truth to that. But recently when um, you know, Oracle and Cerner joined forces, I had the privilege of speaking to more of my um, you know, provider-centered colleagues product managers and they said you know it's it's really just the opposite like providers they are they are so overburdened um, they're you know close to burnouts having to deal with this demand for healthcare and at the same time same time having to do all of this admin in addition um, and then you know there's this other layer on top with value based payment models so now they need to figure out not only do i need to send in all my claims as in counterclaims, but now I also need to figure out what I'm actually going to get paid. And so they're overwhelmed and they're not, <laughs> this this earlier, this sort of idea that I had is that they're trying to upcode. You know, it's just really uh, it's inaccurate, but the payer and the provider have always really been on different side of a wall. And I think if anything that we can do with, you know, these new technologies is try to break down that wall. Um, you know, fee for service, it's just a gigantic wall. If you think about it, when a provider needs to submit a claim, they have to take the claim through scrubbing, through editing, send it to a clearinghouse just to make sure that the payer will actually accept the claim on the other end. And then the, the payer goes through all of these checks and balances again to, to see if they can re-edit the claim, if they you know, don't want to deny it for some reason. Um, and it's a gigantic process. It takes days and weeks and it costs a lot of money. So if we can sort of go back to a far simpler way of um, reimbursing the provider, uh, that would be great. But then you have to have that trust, right? The provider has to say, I trust the payer to, um, uh, to do right by me. And the payer has to uh, well, basically do the same thing in reverse. Are there information points and data that providers have access to that might change trust for the better without having to wait for a claim to be issued? Yeah, I think not enough, not enough. Because right now, if you look at um, value-based payment models, they are um, configured and set up on the payer side and the payer runs all of the calculations. And then, of course, they'll share the results of those calculations in form of payments and explanations of payment to the provider. But the provider has very little control, and the, the payers sort of control what information they see. So a lot of providers would go like, okay, um, how is, am I really doing better than I used to in my fee-for-service model, right? They have no benchmark. Um, they, of course, send in their, uh, their encounter claims. But that's only half of the story. Uh, like one of the, the things that providers can now do is they can provide services that are not actually part of what would be covered in the first place. So it becomes really hard to measure if they're doing better. And I think this is where maybe technology, but also you know, 
payers and providers could come together and um, you know, find solutions that make that transparent so that you can truly say, you know, we've not only made this more cost effective, but we've also made um, the lives of our patients or at least the health of our patients better. Uh, measuring that is incredibly um, yeah, challenging. What does accountability look like for transparency with a payer to their beneficiaries? To the, from a payer point of view. So I think um, from a financial point of view, um, the idea is, of course, that you have some sort of an idea um, how you as a, as a payer, you know, what it costs to keep a member healthy. Um, but that idea is based on the old model, right? So there's this notion that we could do better than that, or payers could do better than that. So these these models, um, they they emphasize the idea that if you as a provider or as an ACO um, do better than the average of what we see in the old way of doing things, uh, that would be rewarded financially. Let me ask you a fun question: what what has you sort of waxing philosophically in an excited way about what's coming with AI machine learning and value-based care. What, what sort of future thing are you like, man, this is going to change how we care for groups of people. Uh, I, well, that's a hard question. I I've always, uh, especially in health. That's my right? specialty, Paul. Hard <laughs> question. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. No, especially in health. Like there's always been, this very apprehensive approach to, to, to AI because, you know, in my corner of the field where we're all about calculating deductibles and, and making sure that claims get adjudicated correctly, that the payments go out um, accurately, um, you know, there's no room for uh, a model that says I'm 99% sure this is the right copay, right? It has to be pure math. Um, so where it becomes interesting is is providing that advice um, and uh, you know really detecting when you it's the vast amount of data that flows through these systems that has the true value for mm -hmm. AI and machine learning, right? What can we learn? What do they tell us, patients and the members of our customers? I think that's where uh, it lies, right? And not really in. There's always, you know, yeah. fraud detection, and maybe we should have things like uh, suggesting to operators what the next action is. But I think that's a very low, uh, low ambition level. Um, creating transparency, I think, is where we could really shine with AI and machine learning. The thing that we've talked about, I think, undergirding all of this, the linchpin, so to speak, according to you yeah. and your contemporaries, is trust through this journey yeah. between payers and providers. You've yeah. described to us challenges that are inherent in value-based payment structures between the payers, providers, and ultimately what the patients are seeing and what, to your point just a moment ago, what they're receiving. Yeah. Um, it's been a bright conversation. Uh, and there's a pathway forward. Uh, in your mind, if you had sort of the last word here that we connected Paul's voice to an audio clip summarizing the impact of, of today's conversation on these challenges and the linchpin of trust, what would you say, Paul? I think, I think the main thing is uh, to, uh, you know, the different stakeholders, the providers and the payers, 
primarily, and maybe also the members to come together. I think trying to solve this um, separately, which I often see, right, where payers try to figure it out, providers try to figure it out, impose solutions upon another, is never going to be the path. Um, this is not a this is not a technology problem, really. This is about um, breaking the boundary, breaking the wall down between the the payer and the provider. I think that's really where. Uh, the only path towards a, a proper solution lies. So bringing those stakeholders together and then um, deciding on a joint solution instead of having all of our separate methods, separate applications, uh, non-transparent <laughs> applications is sometimes, but coming to a joint solution to solve for healthcare. And I think value-based payments um, could be that first step. Definitely don't think it's an end. I do think it's the first step. Breaking down walls and a focus on trust. Paul, thanks for joining the Digital Health Roundtable today. Thanks, Matt. Happy to be have been here. This has been the Digital Health Roundtable. We'll see you next time. This has been the Digital Health Roundtable. I'm Matt Sabolsky. Join us next time for another episode, follow us on Substack, and subscribe. We'll see you soon.